Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome back here, Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Guest with me in podcast studio. Oh, yeah. Lauren S. God, I, I'm excited to have you back. This is, what, fourth time on? Guys, I'm not trying to say it, but yeah, this is my fourth round. <laughs> fourth time is a charm. You've been on, let's see, what was the first one we did? The first one we did was Laguna Beach. Oh, yeah. Classic. That, and my favorite was is that we talked about the um, graduation, and that was where you said that Jettas smell like crayons. And yep. Patrick and I both thought that you were probably having a stroke except i was right yeah because my husband even said so (laughs) um and then the second time was when we had 10 things i hate about you best movie ever classic yep and then i was on with the lady takeover with the beautiful natalie and beautiful hr nana yep so um so now we're back to do gossip girl you reached out to me you said hey i want to do the fuck out of a Gossip Girl one. Like, when you're doing Gossip Girl, I better be one of the four or five guests. Yeah, I was serious about it because, number one, as we've learned about from the last episode, I'm a massive lady boner for Blake Lively. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, I also am one of those people that actually watched Gossip Girl growing up and actually, I don't know if the kids have ever heard of this, but TiVo or like video recorded it because most people probably don't even understand what live television looks like nowadays. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I had that experience back in my day, back in my prime time when this came out. So you were you were doing I had that for the OC. There was nothing better than like when you watched a show live and it would be like you'd be watching it with your friends, obviously, because I was watching the OC with my friends and the episode would end Thursday at nine. And then you just be sitting there thinking like, what the fuck? What am I going to do now? Hey, a whole week? Yeah. Whole week? Yeah, so I can watch fucking what happened? I will say that's the one thing that actually sucked about like this whole thing is like I always was like on pins and needles at the end of the episode because there was always like a high climactic that it ended at like it it just like every time it just has like a high climax at the end and they know how the fuck to get you and I just don't I don't understand it but like you know I grew up in high school with the OC I'm not gonna lie like Gossip Girl was like college and I'm still like a child at heart so you know Gossip Girl still spoke to me. That's yeah. your jam. That's your one. That's that's your one and only. I mean, I, as much as I love all the teen shows, my one and only, the one that hit me at my emotional crux of when I was in high school was The O.C. So even though Friday Night Lights is probably my favorite teen drama of all time, mm-hmm. 
nothing will connect with you more than when the show you watch when you're actually that age. Yeah, no. I mean, I grew up, obviously, we're at the exact almost same age. You're a year maybe older than I am. Like, I grew up with the OC just the same. I just don't know. Maybe it's because I read a couple of the books when I was younger that maybe it, it resonated with me a little bit more. But it just, I don't know. There's something about Gossip Girl. It's Gossip Girl. XOXO. I know. Where's the That's literally how it just sounds to me, to be honest. Oh, first and foremost, though, let's get into some housekeeping, Lauren. Let's not get too off the rails. You've been practicing give it vicarious living pod at gmail.com mm. and vicarious living podcast on the instagram and guys four times a charm xoxo gossip girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> nice job okay right off the bat what we have to do is a massive course correction because you actually pointed out to me that i had one oh. of the biggest fuck-ups of all time on yeah. that first one so mm. i incorrectly stated that Dan Humphrey, a.k.a. Penn Badgley, he used to date Zoe Kravitz. That is correct. Yep, that's correct. That is correct. I then said, because I was all up in my head about, like, God, I really want Dan to be a stepping stone bitch, because he, he, he dated uh, Blake Lively, who then left him for my shoe brother, Ryan Reynolds. And then oh, yeah. I was like, Oh, fuck, he dated Zoe Kravitz, who then left him for fucking Aquaman. That's amazing. God, this guy is such a stepping stone bitch. Yeah, like, at first it was Deadpool, and then it was Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. But then you corrected me, and I knew you were 100% right. No, yeah. Zoe Kravitz is actually Aquaman's stepdaughter. Yeah, that's where it gets a little bit sexual, like, awkwardness. Because I'm pretty sure that they never, they never did stuff, considering it's his stepdaughter. Right. He's not fucking his stepdaughter. He is actually dating her mom. Lisa, married to. Married to her mom, Lisa Bonet. Yeah. She is very attractive. I believe she used to be on the Cosby show. Yep, and, she was. And she was the love interest in the Will Smith movie, Enemy of the State. I did not remember that, to be honest. She is very, very attractive. Anyways, her and Lenny Kravitz had some sexual relations that produced a daughter named Zoe Kravitz. Yep, and she's gorgeous. I'd still fuck her. Yeah, she's not my speed. I mean, she's she's more like hippie, kind of, and oh, it's just yeah. not me. Maybe that's because I was in Colorado for a while that maybe that just kind of really turned me on to the hippies. Bushes and weed? Uh, weed and bushes? Anything that makes you look homeless. So, weed and bushes. Yep, that's about it. Yeah. So, big course correction. I'm glad that you came on. We straightened the shit out of that that needed to be done. Okay, tonight we're doing two episodes on Gossip Girl. One episode six, one episode seven. We and will get into it in a second why we did these, but first let's get people caught up. What has happened from the pilot where we last left off on this podcast to now? I'm going to list a couple things. You chime in. One. Dan and Serena now dating. Well, Serena now knows who Dan is. A pussy? Well, besides that, she, she'd she still fuck him because, honestly, before that, he wasn't even on her radar. Before he went... He was a poor. 
And she didn't associate with pores. Yeah. I mean, obviously, his dad only had a loft that was probably worth $500,000 in <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn. But, he wasn't you know, a millionaire. That. <laughs> yeah, he made six figures, but he wasn't a millionaire. So obviously, fuck the Humphreys. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So Dan and Serena now dating. Jenny... Her and Blair are starting... Like, Jenny... Blair is, what, a junior? Jenny's a freshman. Yep. Jenny is kind of having this rivalry with Blair. Jenny, by the way, is Dan's younger sister. And she's, like, coming onto the scene. And and Blair's like, oh, fuck, this Jenny girl... Oh, Jenny from the block is trying to take my spot. Yeah, but at the same time, like, Jenny looks up to Blair so much that she's just trying to, like, chomp at the bit, like... She wants to suck Blair's dick. And it's so very clear. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is Blair's treating her like a rival. Like this girl's like the new, like she's the new class and Blair's the OG. And and this new girl's kind of trying to take her like throne. But in reality, it's like, Blair, if you just kind of like opened up your arms to her, there wouldn't be this rivalry and you guys could just own together. Like old school, new school. Yeah, but then maybe also Jenny wouldn't have gotten so fucking off the rails later yeah. in the show. But, you know, maybe that's what makes Jenny, Jenny. Props. Yeah. Other storylines. Nate's dad, massive cokehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I shouldn't laugh that hard at it, but it still makes me laugh. No, you should. The way that Nate's dad does cocaine is hilarious. I- I'm pretty positive he's never actually done cocaine. Oh, no, it's 100%. It's so clear in that entire thing. Which is just funny to watch someone who's never done cocaine have a cocaine addiction. It's well. pretty funny to me. Other ones. Okay, last one, and then we'll get into the big storyline from episode six. Dan's dad and Serena's mom, Lily. Yeah, which kind of makes me uncomfortable because like with Dan and Serena and Dan's dad and Serena's mom. like Yeah. It's just so weird, the whole thing. It's pretty weird. If you're dating someone and then you find out that, like, your dad is trying to fuck your girlfriend's mom, it's definitely weird. Well, I would say that's probably close to Zoe Kravitz mm. fucking uh, one of Jason Momoa's. Right. Yeah, that that's where it's kind of, you know. Somewhere. Yeah. You're never going to live that down, by the way. No, no, no. Um, but the biggest thing that's happening in this episode to this podcaster, and the reason why I wanted to do this episode, was the introduction of one Vanessa Abrams. Oh. How do you feel about her? You obviously know how I feel about her. Tan as fuck. Love that, obviously. Curly hair. Sign me up. And um, overall, just the biggest smoke show of all time. Yeah, I will say, like, she does eventually, like, worm her way into my heart. Like, initially, I think she's just fucking annoying and she can get the fuck off the show. But Jessica Sozar, the character herself, like, especially when you talked about her, like, last time in Shameless. She was so hot in that, even for me. Oh, my God. Like, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, she looks, I was saying, dead on Zendaya, who I think Zendaya, who's in Spider-Man, she was uh, in Euphoria, which 
I loved. And Disney shows. And Disney shows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Zendaya, to me, her face, it couldn't be more perfect. And so Vanessa looks exactly like Zendaya. So I'm in. I'm in 100%. Yeah, which also Jessica Sozar previously dated Ed Westwick, who was played by Chuck's character. Chuck who's, Bass. Who's actually looked super creepy in this show. Oh, my God. But in real life. He's actually like kind of like oddly attractive, but he's also very talented musically. So that also makes him even more attractive. So I can understand where she's going with that. I can I can see it. Explain to the listeners, the kids, when does Chuck Bass become the best? Because these early episodes, fuck, he sucks so bad. I gave Mm -hmm. the MCITW to him and I felt horrible about it, but I did on the first pod because he double raped. He, he attempted two different rapes on two different females. But it's like, you tell me, when does Chuck turn the corner? Because all in my head, I think, is I fucking love this guy. Why? So, as someone that has seen him kind of grow up throughout this process, I would say that, personally, I think season two is really his prime season. Ed Westwick really shines in that. His personality overall just becomes much better. You don't fucking hate him as a person. Well, because he's not rape. What happens, he I think, turn rapey, yeah. in season two is he starts to show a lot of remorse for when he fucks up. And when he fucks up, it's not stuff like rape. It's stuff like miscommunication or he had good intentions and then he did something a little wrong. Whereas now... I honestly think he was initially billed as like a villain and then they realize like, oh no, like America kind of loves this guy as like an anti-hero. So now we got to kind of make him a hero. Yeah, I kind of got a, like a little bit attracted to him. It was it was throughout time, obviously. Yeah. But like it was like very short but sweet. But that's how it always happens is where you're most attracted to people is when it starts out as you fucking hated him. I swear to God. So with Chuck... I feel the same way. I feel like because I hated him so much at first, it actually made me love him so much more later. And maybe that's the same about how I feel about Vanessa. Because I will say, like, starting out of this episode, I was not a fan of her. She just fucking annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, let's just get into her. So the whole backstory, she's Dan's best friend. She grew up with him. She left a year ago. And when she left, he said, I love you to her. Mm-hmm. He was in love he with her, did. which makes sense. And then she bounced. Okay, go ahead. Then she comes up and she calls him and she's like in the fire escape and she's like, oh, can you look for this book for me? And like, really, it's so fucking weird that she even calls him. And then she's just there in the fire escape. And just after that, every experience that you have with her, she's just fucking there. Yeah, she's always around. She's she's like the stalker that never leaves. I know, but the, here's the thing it's is, like she's so fucking, <laughs> yeah, it's you, <laughs> but she's so fucking attractive that it's like, yes, she's pathetic and stalker-ish, but when someone's that attractive, it's like, <clears throat> So, <laughs> here's the question. Would HR Anna be okay if she stalked you guys? I'm, I'm a bad person to ask that question to because of how much I hate girls not being disgusted by me that i'm trying to get with so to answer your question (laughs) if she was coming on to me that aggressively and stalking me i would be disgusted but that's solely because 
I want to chase and I want to go get a girl. And if if I don't have that, I'm disgusted. So is that how you felt about me? Because I'd never have wanted you. Yeah, I'm still working my way in. So <laughs> we'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, but let's play a clip, though. Let's play a clip because what you're talking about with Vanessa, I just want to show when she's actually coming at Dan, like actually saying how she wants him and stuff, how just by her being so hot, it doesn't come off as creepy. Here it is. So is it weird having me back? No, why, uh, why, why would it be weird? Because you said some things the night that I left. Things that you immediately asked me to take back. Because I was leaving, but now I'm here. Yeah, and it's been over a year, you know? A lot has happened, actually. And I look forward to hearing about it tonight. Wait, show? Angelica? Whatever's playing? Unless it's past play. <laughs> All right, I'll get tickets. Glad to be home, Humphrey. Glad to have you, Abrams. You always want what you can't have. And it was like, Vanessa was totally fucking cool with Dan being in love with her and like always trying to get with her and stuff. But then as soon as she left and saw that he was actually fucking around with hot ass Serena Vanderwoodson, mm-hmm. now it's like she fucking wants him. Yeah, well, that's you always want what you can't have. Oh. You always want what's not available to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen... Whenever I want chocolate is usually when it's not available in my house. And to be right. honest, it it pisses me off. Mm. It, I I get it. I, I, I feel understand. the same way about heroin, you know, or cocaine, as we learned about in this episode. Yeah. So I I, I did want to touch on a few points because I felt like they were very key. Um, first and foremost. The number of times that they talked about Vin Diesel and the pacifier in oh, the beginning yeah. of the episode just yeah. killed me on the inside. He never did comedy. He does unintentional comedy really well in the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yes, absolutely. But you know what? Every other movie, he sucked in the pacifier. No, he's not doing intended comedy well. I actually watched, I don't know how, but somehow I watched the movie The Pacifier. I believe Britney Snow is in that movie, correct? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Um... It's got what? Let's just guess some Rotten Tomatoes on on the pacifier with Vin Diesel because my guess is that movie's got to be at seventeen percent. What was the movie that you said was at eight percent? A summer catch, I think. Yes, yes. I'm is gonna it? say it's even less than that. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna say single digits. If if it's not two percent, I'm gonna be extremely disappointed because I would still rather watch Summer Catch than that piece of shit movie. What's the verdict? Wait, did you did you tell me your guess? Yeah, I said seventeen. Okay. So what are you saying? I, I'm saying below eight. Twenty one. Are you kidding me? I don't know how it's that high. Summer catch was way better than that. Yeah. So pacifier, um, definitely not thirteen points higher in my opinion or your opinion <laughs> or anybody's opinion that has a taste yeah a lot of weird stuff with vin diesel yeah references but i guess the pacifier i saw it came out in 2005 this show is 2007 i guess two years after that movie it was still hot yeah, as fuck yeah <laughs> but still like that shouldn't have been hot as fuck like why was it she said it was on the cinema for like a year like and that's in new york no no that, no that's no not chance. right that's not right 
No. So that was that was my favorite uh number one point. Number two is Nate finding that cocaine in his dad's book. Yeah. So, you know, my one of my favorite quotes is from Chuck when he goes, Nate, I thought you were just an herbal man. Yeah, yeah. I, Nate, I know whoa, how much you I, love that. I thought you were an herbal man. I didn't take you yeah. as a cocaine guy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, honestly, if that was my parent, if I found cocaine oh. in their book, I would have been like, hell yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know what the fuck I would do. I just be like, I want to be like super disappointed and super uneasy about it. Like, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd be confused because my parents are like the most straight edge parents of all time, especially my dad. And if I found my dad had like cocaine, I would just be so confused. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? I mean, my mom smoked weed in college, so I would have been like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, it's I gateway mean, drug. That's gateway. And honestly, like I know a few people that have smoked or snort of cocaine, not smoked cocaine, because that never happens. But I think you, know, you put it up your butt. Mm-hmm. You put cocaine straight up your butt. I thought it was like up your eyeballs. Well, you you can you put it you you either put it as drops in your eyes, or you just stick it straight up your butt. <laughs> you just love that's things science. straight up your butt, so that's that's crazy. All right, any what any other hard uh, thoughts? Um. Okay. So one of the things that I there's there's two more. Um, I like, one, by the way, I like your preparation. I like that you've got a full list here. Oh, I fucking, work. I got really excited about this. Yeah. Like, you knew that these were my two favorite episodes before I even came on the pod. Yeah. Like, I, I had, a, like, such an excitement about this. Yeah. Um, One is that Nate's mom, once she finds the cocaine, oh. she's just like, I was so disappointed in you, Nate. Like, I found this one little thing of cocaine. Let's send you to rehab. Like, really, bitch? Hold on that whole storyline with the cocaine. I'm going to come back to that in a big way later. Okay. Just know, fucking Nate's dad and Nate's mom suck ass both of them and how they all how they all handled the cocaine ordeal with Nate's dad is a joke okay last one go ahead okay the last one is I would definitely like to say that Chuck you so clearly in between this episode and actually the next episode episode seven he is such Blair's bitch and he gets no benefit out of it I don't understand that. If he's that pussy whipped, like, why is he not getting the pussy? But here's the thing. I actually like the dynamic that's building between Chuck and Blair. I do. Like, because neither one of them have experienced that in a counterpart before. That's true. Like, I don't know. I I just feel like they really work for each other personality wise. Yeah. And we find out later, obviously, why. But like... In the initial piece of it, like if I'm Chuck and I'm not getting any benefit out of it, why the fuck am I going to help Claire? It was an interesting starting point because they did start out like where they both kind of like gossiped a lot and bitched a lot and kind of like got shitty with each other a lot. But they did very much start out as like conniving friends, which I liked. I liked that they started out as like, hey, I'm going to help you like fuck over girls and then Blair's like hey I'm kind of going to help you fuck over dudes and be a huge piece of shit and they kind of like complimented each other so oh yeah and the, and that does play I very do well. like so I I'm my point of all that is to not disagree my point is to say I agree with you but I kind of like their dynamic being that way is my I guess my overall point yeah I I mean it does especially as you see them in season 2 they definitely grow 
together as individuals. The dynamic between her and Nate sucks. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Like, listen, we both know, as I said multiple times during, you know, watching the shows, I I get a lady boner for Nate. Like, yeah, you're big. You're big into Nate. Well, he has a very good jawline, very good like eyelashes, his eyebrows just very I don't know, like his he has very natural features. Like it's very Oh, good good call. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a good point because having yourself be attractive in the most all natural way possible mm-hmm. is the fucking key. And he looks like he wears eyeliner without actually wearing eyeliner, and that is critical. To looking like a hot fucking guy with hot eyes. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, is that you know that he's not actually wearing eyeliner. No, because his eyelashes are just so thick. And That's he has just very, yeah. You can tell that he has Damn. very thick hair. And uh, I'm, yeah. I mean, his pube patch is probably just beyond thick. Yeah, he's probably shaving that or waxing the shit out of that. You think he's going bald down down below? Um, after seeing the boys, I would say yeah. Yeah, so just to clarify, in the boys, he is self-masturbating. Yep. Right he in front of is. another female. <laughs> Not mad about it, though. Can we just say that? Not mad about it. Um, yeah, no, I love all those notes, uh, but we have to talk about why we're actually here on this episode, and it is Masquerade Ball. It's just a classic... What we see in all these teen shows is there always has to be these events, these like rich as fuck people events that the common folk like you and I just have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like in the OC, it was always with like uh, cotillion, debutante balls, uh, fucking charity events, fashion shows. You didn't go all to these cotillion? Things. I meant no. I mean, I was presented as a debut. Just a debutante. A yeah, debutante. you want to know what I did? I had bonfires in the backyard. Yeah, we maybe had barbecues. If somebody had booze, you know, we did it in a basement. Yeah, where nobody's parents found out. Right. Like not out in the open. No. Like this shit was under wraps as fuck. I think my mom actually. My my favorite story is is like my senior year of high school. I thought I was being super sneaky, and my mom had actually found a handle of like an empty handle of vodka in a guitar case that I had drank with my friends like six months prior, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm so screwed, and it was like right towards graduation, but I'm still 18, obviously, but there was one drive through where if you little perked them up, even when you have small ones like me, you get them, you, you get still it. get it, so um, my mom was like, is this yours? And thank God for my older sister because she was like, no, that's totally me. That was all mine. I'm so sorry, Mom. I'm like, thank you. Oh, my God. That reminds me of the funniest story that's ever happened to me in high school. Similar situation. My parents, they just had a bunch of liquor downstairs. They never drink. So, like, they had a bunch of liquor downstairs. And they noticed that, like, the liquor kept getting lower and lower in the basement bar and they're like this doesn't make sense we're not drinking it so they like got us i can't remember if i've told this story in the pot if i have fuck it they they had us all come into the living room they're like everyone gather around brian you and your two sisters mag d <laughs> who's been on this pod is one of my sisters and they're like everyone sit around and they pulled out the the vodka handle and they were like i know 
Someone's been taking polls. <laughs> <laughs> Who's fucking doing it? Who? And we're not leaving this room right now until one of you fesses up to this bullshit. And I know I had had some, and I didn't know any of my sisters has had any. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm sweating fucking bullets, and I'm like sitting there like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to fucking god damn, I'm gonna get grounded for like two fucking months for this bullshit. Fuck. And and I swear, it's like out of a movie. As I'm like going to raise my hand and just be like, all right, it was me. It was fucking me. It was me. And I, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to raise my hand and say, hey, I'm the guilty party. I'm the one that was stealing the vodka. My sister. All of a sudden, I just hear. Wait, which one? Magdi. Okay. All of a sudden, I just hear. Okay, I'll admit to it. It was me. And as soon as she did that, I just go like this. I so I slowly start to put my hand right on back down and let my sister take all the fucking heat. <laughs> and I think I even probably doubled down like, wow, Mag. I mean, I think I speak for all of us, including mom and dad, by just, you know, saying we're not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Just a little disappointed. That's all. So, uh, yeah, I can I can empathize with your story. Yeah, but just let's be clear, especially considering the sponsors of this podcast. We are very much in a fan of Magdi. Yeah, Magdi's a, a staple on this pod. She's she's one of our key listeners. She listens. She heard that that thing on the last episode about Dickies. Me wanting to put a Wicklow wear on a Dickie. Oh, my God. Yes. And I heard about she that. said, yes, it's going to be done. So I'm really excited about that. Whenever you have a family picnic or whatever, can I just be invited? I just want to see what it's like. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. My dad, my dad is really trying to come on this podcast. And and (gasps) oh my god, can I be there? He wants to be on for. uh, He wants to do Remember the Titans. Oh my god, please, that'll be so cute. Yeah. Anyways, um, okay, let's get back to the pod. (laughs) Back to the structure. So, masquerade ball. Uh, hold on. Was there anything else on the masquerade ball? The masquerade Not ball. Really. There was the Jenny part. Which yeah, Jenny like, sneaks in. She sneaks in because she has this rivalry with Blair. So she sneaks into the the masquerade ball. I don't think it's a rivalry. I think she just wants is so desperate to be popular, which is so unattractive. But like, I think that like she just wants to be Blair. Oh my god! Do you watch the challenge? No, I don't, but I clear, apparently I need to. You need to. I'm just going to play a clip of what I wish Blair would have done to Jenny. For context on this clip, this just happened in the challenge where some guy is trying to start a rivalry with another guy, and the guy who's like the OG badass, Wes, he says this shit to this idiot, and this is what I wish Blair would have said to Jenny. Here it is. But if it changes, then I guess I will be gunning for each other again, you know? No. Okay. It's not an each other thing. I'm telling you, you can come for me all you want. I am not here to get rid of the worst player here. See, I, I don't care. Dance. You are a tool in okay. my game. Okay. You can come for me all you want. This isn't a thing. Okay. You're nice. Okay. And you're going to be good for me. Okay. Why is there any reason for me to come See, for you? See, that's the problem I have with you. What? Because you like to discredit people, and that's why... 
I humbled you last season. Josh, this isn't a thing. <laughs> Stop trying to make it a thing. Wes? It's not a thing. I don't think of you. You're not you. You aren't even on my level. He, yeah, he, he literally says, like, you are the worst player in this game. So in no way, sh- I know you're, you want me because I'm a big, like, OG guy who crushes and all. I You are a zero to me. I would never think of you. And I got to say, like, I wish Blair would do that because there is nothing worse than, like, the pure indifference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if someone's getting shitty with you or they're, like, going at you, like, aggressively, now you guys can both engage and you can be pissed and, like, get, get mm-hmm. like, all up in each other's face. But if someone just, like, you are so much of a nothingness to them that, like, they won't even give you the time of day because they're so much better and cooler. Mm-hmm. Why is Blair not doing that to Jenny? I, I really don't know. I think that Blair slowly but surely, as you see through the season, like, loses a little bit of confidence. And maybe that's why. Especially, like, as she learns about things like, you know, her best friend fucking her boyfriend. and Yeah. But um, she lets it unravel her and she should not. She should not let that stuff unravel. She just has to know at all times. Blair, you're, you're one, fucking Blair. You're fucking Blair Waldorf. You are one of the two hottest in this entire fucking yeah. school. Leighton Meester, I will say, as you talked about last time. Yeah. She's she's attractive as fuck. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, I'm not afraid. Like, obviously, I'm very secure. I'm married. Very secure of my sexual being, you know, everything like that. But Leighton Meester, you know, I'd fuck it. I'm so glad you said that. Everybody should say that. <laughs> what, I mean, I just you... like Dan, I don't have a preference between blondes or brunettes. Oh, really? I mean, it's just like you can they be have turn- a good soul. You can be turned on by a blonde or a brunette. Who's yeah. hotter to you, Serena or Blair? Ooh, I will say Serena just because of her personality and these things. I will, yes. I it was that was so weird to me to see that Serena actually had a better personality than Blair. What are you expecting for the blondes to just be a super no bitch? I, no? I will not stereotype blondes like that. I genuinely thought Serena is clearly cast in this show as like I'm the hottest chick of all time, and I ran this school before I left. So like in my head, I just assumed. She was kind of going to be like Georgina Sparks. Oh, got it. To be honest. Uh, yeah, let's not, not even, even we're not even going to get into that. Um, okay, Masquerade Ball. Let's do a clip. Let's let's zag. Let's go to the adults. Rufus, I thought just laid out some fucking knowledge. And I just want to play this clip because I loved it. Hell yeah. Rufus and Lily, a.k.a. Serena's mom, turns out they've had some baggage in their lives. Oh, yeah. And... So what's happening is Lily's trying to get with Chuck's dad, Bart Bass. Who's <laughs> Stay with us, kids. literally, by the way, so we thought Chuck was creepy in like the first five episodes. Oh, yeah. Bart Bass just takes the creepiness to them. Oh, like you would think Bart that you Bass. haven't seen creepy. And then you see Bart Bass. And then he's just the creepiest person you've ever met. Bart Bass is on a different level of fucking creep. You're 100% spot on. Mm-hmm. Um Lily, though, because Bart Bass is rich as fuck, is trying to get with him and trying to hook up with him. And Rufus, who essentially is like the older version of Dan, poor, but like cool as fuck. But he's a poor. He only makes six figures. He's not a millionaire. Wow. 
Wow. So poor. So, anyways, here's the clip of Rufus laying out some knowledge to fucking Lily. You still spying on him? I'm not spying. I'm just keeping track of his whereabouts. Well, so long as you're watching, he's winning. If you really want to make a man jealous, there's only one thing to do. Rufus, I invited you here for many reasons, but knowledge of romance is not... Unexpected. Give him 20 minutes. Oh my god. All the same fucking rules of teen attraction that we have talked about on this pod a million times about mm-hmm. want what you can't have, fucking make the dudes like realize what they lost kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It applies to adults too. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. This is how it goes. Fucking Lily Vanderwoodson. So, anyways. Turns out that Rufus and Lily were like first loves back in the day. Hell yeah, they were. And they had their own Serena Dan Humphrey situation before we even had a Dan Humphrey yeah, and Serena. But you don't actually see the very physical facts of it behind it, like until way later in the series. Like the series itself, like you'll see Dan's uh, dad, Rufus, and Serena's mom, yeah. Lily actually like the beginnings of their story um i think it's maybe in like five or six season oh really that late because there's only six seasons you don't see it till later yeah you don't but that that is why on the first pod we talked about i was super interested in the spinoff which was about lily and rufus their younger selves like a prequel to this yeah there was like a one episode type of thing where it was dedicated to them oh yeah. Because it also talked about, and yeah, because it oh, was like later Oh, mentioned, Brittany Snow from The Pacifier was supposed mm-hmm. to play. Did she play her in that one off? Yep, she did. Oh my God. Yeah, Are you and that's, that's where you actually start to learn about Serena's dad, who's played by one of the Baldwin brothers. That's hilarious, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, all good, but it was like a full circle kind of thing. So yep. I, I will say the drama with the adults is critical. You cannot have a teen drama Mm -hmm. show unless you have fully flushed out the adults. And I will say that I just watched this show, Outer Banks, on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, I have not. You need to. Oh, my God. Okay. It's pure trash, teen trash. Well, you know that I like First Married at First Sight and Gossip Girl now. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's only like it's just had its first season on Netflix. It's maybe only like 10 episodes. It's you'll breeze through it in like two days. So it's like Love is Blind? Yeah. And what I will say, though, is while that show was awesome teen trash and it was so fucking amazing and I loved it and I'm excited for season two like crazy, I really was hoping that they had developed the adults a little more like these shows, the OC, Friday Night Lights, Gossip Girl, One Tree Hill. You have to develop the adults. Yeah, absolutely. It's critical. It's so critical. Yep. And and I will say, like, in addition, kind of going back from the adults back to the kids, I mean, they have to have their relationships grow together. And, like, similar to how Lily and Rufus are growing together, it's really awkward because Dan and Serena are growing together. So, it, like, yeah. it makes things, like, kind of uncomfortable. Like, you're not really sure what to do at that point. Oh, yeah. Totally. 100%. In that vein, I want to go back to the kids because there's an amazing moment at this debutante ball where 
So, Vanette, everyone's there. Everyone goes to the debutante ball. Let's just fast forward. Everyone fucking is there. Jenny's there. She snuck in because she's trying to compete with Blair. Vanessa is the one who got her in. So, Vanessa's there. Dan is there because he's trying to, like, show Serena that he, he's, like, part of the rich crew. Yeah. Whatever. Just know, everyone's at this debutante ball. Dan kisses Serena at this debutante ball, and it had one of those moments where fucking Vanessa sees Dan exactly kiss her and that's what I actually wrote down is like if Dan truly wants Serena why the fuck is he going after Vanessa I know real interesting moment real interesting moment at right after he was making out with Serena and then Vanessa said some bullshit like oh nice because that was the first time she had seen that Dan and Serena gotten together she's like fuck this and bounced and Dan to your point he did not go after Serena. He went after Vanessa. Yeah. And I was like, like if he whoa. Wants to, if he wants to fuck Serena, then he needs to go after Serena. If, yeah. It, God, what a fucking triangle. Yeah. A love triangle we have brewing. Or maybe he's just really not trying to have sex with anybody because the way that he's going about it. Whew. He's asexual. Yep. He's uh, pretty much fucking himself over. I will say, I'm going to play another clip of Vanessa's line to Dan after she saw that kiss because it was mm, fucking amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, all right, I get the point. You can lay off the sarcasm. How about I lay off the whole evening? Bye. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. Listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I lied about writing a term paper. You said you loved me. Loved you in the past and in a pre-shaving 16-year-old kind of way. You know, I mean, things have changed. Clearly. Looks like someone's traded up. Yep. Oh, burn! Sting! Well, and, Fuck. and the last thing I will say about this episode is, why does it exactly? Does Vanessa want to hear about Serena? So she asks Dan about Serena at the end of the episode. Because both, it's like... You don't want to hear about it, but you need it. You need to. Yeah, but at the same time, I hate to say it, but you really shouldn't be asking. No, it's you definitely don't. Yeah, Vanessa does not need to be hearing about all the ins and outs of his relationship with Serena, no doubt. Neither does Serena need to hear all the ins and outs of his relationship with Vanessa. But I don't know. It's kind of like when you see a car wreck on the side of the highway, you know, and it's like, I don't want to look, but. I need to know exactly how that car fucking caught fire. Absolutely. You want to see you want to see what started the fire. Okay. Now, let's end episode 6 with one of the most dynamic mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. of all time, Q Mika. What? I'm not pretending. No hope, no love, no glory. This is the way that we love Like it's forever Then live the rest of our life But not together Wake up in the morning I don't think there has been a Mika song on this podcast to date. But we've talked about it before. And we talked about it earlier. Like, there is a plethora of very unique, very... um, Great songs very diverse number of alternative rock oh great great music when this song is playing fucking 
okay, two things. One, and my second thing is going to be my MCITW. So first and foremost, as Mika's playing, Dan, fucking, he, him and Serena, they make up, they're all good at the, the masquerade ball, everything's cool between them. He goes back to his room, okay. apartment, yeah, yeah, yeah. room, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I see where you're going. He goes back to his room, Mika's fucking playing, and then who does he see sitting on his bed when he gets back home? Vanessa, she wants to do the pierogies. Yes, Vanessa is fucking there. And looking so hot. <sighs> yeah, but if you're trying to get it inside of Serena, you don't want Vanessa to be All right, stop, stop music. Stop music. Stop music. Stop it. This has never fucking happened to me. This has never fucking happened to me where... Even one girl's in, into you? you? You just like get one... Aus- yeah, yeah. Not even one. But you get one one situation, everything's all good with Serena, who's the hottest chick in the world, and you go home, and then there's the second hottest chick in the world just sitting on your fucking bed eating a bunch of pierogies. Let's she's, be honest. She's equally as hot. Like, I'd oh, fuck her while she's eating those pierogies. A hundred percent agree. I, I, You'd probably fuck her before you'd even eat the pierogies. <laughs> you'd do the pierogies first. <laughs> I, I think that the pierogies would be number one. Number two would be Vanessa. And number three would be Serena. Can I go back to Mika for my M-C-I-T-W? Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your out there gear at wickoware.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out get 10% off of your order. Kids, $30 on the baseball tees, $20. Thanks, $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. Thank you, Lauren, for the assist on the MCITW. You are so welcome. <laughs> I, my second point while Mika is playing in this montage to end episode six is that Nate's fucking dad. Oh, my God, yes. He is the MCITW winner on this podcast. Oh my god, by far. Nate's dad pulls the most ridiculous fucking move I've ever seen as a father. I am not a dad in life. I have no kids. But I can excuse tell you... Excuse me. Excuse me. Meeks would beg to differ. Yeah. Meeks, my son Meeks, who's my dog, would... <laughs> Lola has made me a mother, so Meeks has made you a father. Nate's dad. Mm-hmm. He gets caught from his wife having cocaine. Yep, yep. Nate's dad pulls the lamest dad move I've ever seen. Literally blames the cocaine. I'm so disappointed in you, son. Like, fuck you, dad. Like, I would seriously, like, give him the middle finger and be like, bitch, I know this is yours. I know this is yours. And if you don't fucking take account for it and you try and blame this shit on me, I will fuck you up. It was like the lamest thing. I've never seen a dad get caught doing something nefarious that aggressively and then just be like, hey, not me. I'll throw my son right under the bus. Oh, of course. Fuck my son. Because that seems the right logic. The other thing I'll say on Nate's dad points off against him is that he clearly dyes his hair. Did you notice his eyebrows are completely gray and his hair? No, I didn't look that closely at him. His hair is like 
I wouldn't say it's jet black. It's like dark brown, but it's like all perfectly colored brown everywhere. There's no gray on his temples or anything. And it's like, mm. okay, I'm just confused. See, but here's the thing. Here's the difference is I'm so wildly unattracted to him that I didn't even care about any uh, of Oh, yeah. That. You're not even clocking I'm not his even face. looking at his eyebrows. Yeah. Like, granted, here's the thing. Husband Corey, he has gray in his beard, a little bit of gray in his hair. A little hair. gray crown, no but, big deal. But you know what? I don't notice it. Oh, uh, look at the sexy brown. Yeah. Look at the sexy brown. Don't care about the rest. It's it's like You're, like what you were talking about with going na- like the natural look. Oh, that, the natu- that's my thing. The natural look is mm. always going to trump unnatural. So oh, yeah, big. with Nate's dad, if he has gray eyebrows, completely gray and, and, and jet brown hair... It's like that's the most unnatural looking in, in the world. But if your husband has a little gray coming in at the age of, you know, 31, 32. Yep. That's 31. natural. That's there's some natural there, you know. So it's totally sexy. Just lean kids. Good tip for the kids. Just lean into whatever fucking shit you have going on. I know a guy who went fully gray in high school. Just lean into it. It's not ideal, but you just have to own whatever the fuck you have going on for you. Just oh, own it. Just dude, don't. I I think that I was maybe no, it was shortly before we we worked together. I dated a guy who had previously like when in his mid 20s gone completely bald because he was losing his hair already. Yeah. And you know what? I thought it was phenomenally attractive that he just shaved it all off. He oh, didn't give a really? fuck. He, he didn't want to try and do the Trump comb over. Like, he just decided to, you know. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, see like, ya. go it out. Yeah. See ya. Honestly, I'd rather have that than you try so hard to try and just pretend you have hair. No, I'm, I like that you said that, though, too. Like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I, this is happening. It's, a, it's happening. I'm just going to lean into it. It's fucking happening. Fuck it. Yeah, and that's that's honestly like where I feel like a lot of guys fail. And this is a tip for the kids. Mm. It is sexier when you just own it. Just own it, kids. God, I, I, we did a podcast way back in our Friday Night Lights days where I think we entitled the podcast uh, Just Own It. Just be you. Just be you. Just be you. And with that, we will tell Nate's dad. Just be you, but also fuck off. Fuck off. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Episode 7. Should we go to episode 7? Oh my god, that's my favorite episode. This is your favorite episode of all time. (laughs) I know. And this, honestly, I call this episode the Chuck Bass coming out party episode. Mm. He came out to me. Is that why you love this one so much? Because it's all about Chuck coming out? Um, no, I think it's because, um, this is like the very, I, and again, this is coming from somebody who has watched the entire series. Mm-hmm. This is the first ever, should I say it now? <laughs> yeah. Chuck and Blair moment. Oh, yeah. Say it louder and more sensually. Chuck and Blair moment. <laughs> <laughs> You asked for more sensual. I wanted to give you what the... I want to give the kids what they want. Give it to the kids. Yes. 
100%. This is the episode where Blair and Chuck hook up in this episode. That's why we did it on this pod. Mm -hmm. But two, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. In every single teen drama, there is a lot of, I'm going to give you, as an actor, a shot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a shot. And we'll see. In the OC, this happened early with Summer Roberts. So, like, we're going to do one episode where we just give Summer, you, a shot. You're not a mainstay. You're not a main character. But we are just going to give you an episode. And you show us if you can fucking deliver. And this is the exact same thing in Gossip Girl. Chuck Bass, who is not part of the main cast. He wasn't part of the core five. No, he wasn't. He wasn't Serena. He's not Dan. He's not fucking Blair. He's not Jenny. He's not Nate. He's an outsider, and he was given a shot. Episode seven took him seven episodes to get one. And I got to say, he fucking nailed it. He's like, honestly, Ed Westwick, he was made to be this character. <clears throat> oh, my God. So made. He, British guy. British guy made to be this rich but prick. I'm Chuck Bass. Is I'm like Chuck his, Bass. Now I'm going to just play a montage. I was looking for chuck bass clips on youtube now i'm gonna play a montage of that is like his key line i'm chuck bass here it is i'm chuck bass i'm chuck bass i'm chuck bass i'm chuck bass i'm not chuck bass without you i'm chuck bass i'm chuck bass even europeans must know what that means. I'm Chuck Bass. Chuck Bass. And you are? I'm Chuck Bass, the love of her life. Anyone else is just a waste of time. I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. (laughs) I love Chuck Bass. I love this guy. Um, You know what I don't love, though, is how this episode starts off with a bunch of Dan and Serena PDA in the middle of the courtyard. Oh, God. No, honestly, they need to end it. They need to stop that because if we're being honest between the two of us. With two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio? Yeah, if we're being honest. We are. Two podcasters. Yeah, we are. Here, which I, I'd like to think that we are. We I'm always honest with a fellow podcaster sitting in the podcast studio. And, the, ch- and the kids. Yeah. And the kids. Um, I just, there's something about him. About Dan? Yeah. About it, the PDA? Yeah. It's just, their making out is just so vigorous oh it's so vigorous so unnecessary that's such a good adjective to describe they're making out vigorous as fuck oh, it's it's like can you eat each other any more whole and i just what don't know. what are you ever doing this in life are you ever pda out of control are you ever I don't doing think pda I've ever made out with anybody in public including especially my husband <laughs> we've held hands does that count I am so against any public displays of affection. I, I I can't tell you how against it I am. Because I'm always just like, who is this for? Who is the PDA fucking for? I don't understand. Is it for you? Because you could, it, it can't be for you because you could do this in the privacy of your own home and get the exact same shit out of wait, it that you're getting in public. Wait, are you talking about kissing, like pecking? Like- I'm, I'm, I'm saying... I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not saying kissing. I'm saying like 
making out full on PDA. Oh God! And and honestly, it doesn't even need to be like full on making out. Like, it can be, hey, idiots, why every time we're hanging out, you have like she's sitting on your fucking lap, or you have your arm around her a hundred percent of the time. We're just bowling. We're all bowling. Why is she sitting on your lap a hundred percent of the time? It's shit like that. That's the kind of PDA where yeah, they're not full on like finger banging each other in front of me, but it's like. What the fuck is this? Yeah, I think my husband and I, the most PDA we've done is peck and hold hands. Um, that That's about it. Because it's like Cause what you guys help. do, you do for each other in your own time. I don't understand why Dan and Serena, it's like we're doing this because we want to put ourselves on display for everyone else. Yeah, but at the same time, I also like later in the episode, Blair makes the comment like, I heard you and Dan were getting it on. Like they were fucking making out. They weren't fucking sticking yeah. each other's private parts in one another, which, you know, obviously Dan hopefully would be the one sticking it in Serena, but we don't know yet. We, I'm not we judgmental. Know. We don't know. I'm not judgmental. But so we're on the same page with PDA. Oh, God. We're yeah. not into it. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely not. We're not into it. I do, though, want to say that the main plot point in this episode is this whole thing about, okay, we're going to give Chuck a shot on Gossip Girl. So we need to get Chuck passionate about something. And what are we going to get him passionate about? Burlesque. Burlesque bar. Is that a bar? Well, it's a burlesque uh, studio or like a burlesque. um... It's like a nightclub, but it's like tasteful. Yeah, it's very tasteful. And honestly, like, I respect the fuck out of Chuck for that. So he wants to invest. He wants to invest in this burlesque nightclub. Well, he wants his dad to invest. Yeah. He's already invested. He's already there. He's already put the money into it, his money into it. He wants his dad to see that he's worth it. Yeah, he, he. this whole episode is about Chuck seeking approval from his dad and showing his dad that, like, hey... I can get in the game just as much as you. Investments, fucking getting passionate about something and fucking owning business. Dad, I can do this. Bart Bass. That's what this episode's all about. Still, Bart Bass is still a creeper. Yes. But- let's, let's play a clip, though, real quick of Chuck setting this all up, asking his dad for this investment. Here it is. Yep. I have an investment idea I think is utterly unique to your company. Something avant-garde, yet nostalgic. It is the perfect way for you to loosen the top button of Bass Inc. Like you've been wanting, sir. (laughs) I am so pleased. You are? Are you kidding me? Do you know how long I've been waiting for you to be interested in something other than partying? (laughs) You should come see the place. It sells itself. I like seeing that. I like seeing like Chuck putting himself out there about like his passions, you know? Yeah, but I will say a couple of things. Number one, well, first of all, you're trying to sell it to the creepiest person alive. Burp ass is still the creepiest person alive. So yeah, you have to correct. kind of tailor yeah, it to that. I know, I know. But um, the other thing is, is like if Chuck is truly trying to sell business, like if I am a business person, which I am. Uh, business. Yeah, you're a I, business lady. I'm all about the business. Um, I you're a business woman. Whoa. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Um, so if I look at Chuck, the one thing that I will say that kind of does throw me off is that he 
if he was truly into this business and he was truly trying to sell it from the beginning, why the fuck is it that when his dad shows up, he is fondling with one of the burlesque girls like if that's me i I and i don't know if my dad's showing up i'd still be on game can i just zag way off the topic here wait wait where are you going with this i it's off it's way off it's because we were just talking about we were talking about chuck and the burlesque investments and all that but i want to zag uh, we'll come back to chuck because this whole episode's about chuck yep i want to zag real quick i just want to get your honest thoughts on this Mm-hmm. A big thing in this whole show of Gossip Girl is that the nicknames. Oh, my so, God. I actually wrote that down because here's the thing. is Chuck calls Nate Nathaniel. No, 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 no. I don't want to get into the that. The captain? No, no, no. I want to get your thoughts specifically on the nickname of... Blair calls Serena S and Serena calls Blair B. So the nickname for just those two on their first letter of their name. Yeah, that's Lauren, not me. (laughs) It's not me deep throating my finger, by the way. So here's my thing. And this is a complete zag. I am all in on like a nickname for someone on just being the first letter of their name. If it's like, it's got to be a cool letter. Like an S, an S is the most common fucking like start of a name in the world. Samantha, Serena. So to just call Serena S makes no sense to me. That's one. Two, for a nickname like that on an initial, it needs to be a hard letter. S is too soft. S. It's too soft. It needs to be strong. So B makes sense to me. B for Blair. B. Yeah, but how lazy are you that you can't say Blair? The, that just leads more in my point. So I'm I'm all in on like you taking the first letter or initial of your name and making that be like a shortened abbreviated version, but it's got to be something other than S or something other than like, like, okay. If your name is Quincy and you just go by Q. Oh, fuck yeah, that's right. Fuck yes. If your name is... That's like James Bond. What about V? Like, if you're a Vanessa and you just go by V, that's fucking badass. Yeah, that's a little bit of a turn on. I'm thinking about, like, at work. If I'm signing emails and my name is, like, Vanessa, and at the end of every email I just say, hey, thanks, comma, enter, enter, V. Damn. Yeah, you want to know what? If I did thanks, comma, enter, enter, L, I'm pretty sure everyone yeah. would be like, fuck you. Perfect one. That's a perfect one. L is just like S. It's too soft. It's like, and and yeah, Lauren is, is like, it's a very common name. Oddly enough, though, I work at a site of 300 people. Not a single person is That anymore. is weird. That I know, is weird. right? So yeah. if you have a an X or a V or a Q... I'm all for you using that one initial for your nickname. But if you're a Serena S, it's just never made sense to me. Yeah, That's my th- zag. That, that I will say. But w- when you go on your tangent, I'm going to also go on my tangent a little bit. Okay. okay? So I have a couple points. Um, number one, I really just 
love. And by love, I mean absolutely am just fucking annoyed by the fact that the the captain, Nate's dad, yeah. his reaction to him doing cocaine is, well, it's just a little pick-me-up. Let's and, play that. Let's play the clip of what his explanation is for, oh, for being caught doing uh, cocaine by his son. This young viper at the office, Frank Meltzer, saw me fading one night, so he offered me a pick-me-up. It was stupid. I didn't even like it. Hey, I'll flush the bag right now, all right? Dad, I just want you to be... Look, let's not put a damper on the upcoming festivities. So that's it? Hey, I'm not cutting the conversation short. Drinks after school at the club? Non-alcoholic, of course. Yeah, just a hey, uh, just yeah. a little pick me up. Just yeah, he treats he treats it as if it's like caffeine. Like yeah, it's like I was fading a little bit, so I needed some coffee. You know, it's a little caffeine in me. It's like no, dude, cocaine no. is totally different. <laughs> cocaine is definitely different, bro. Yeah, no, and I I think that that's probably one of my favorite quotes of the entire series, still to date. Like slowly but surely, like throughout the entire time. You'll find out what a piece of shit that Nate's dad is, including even in this episode, which later we'll get into. That's a good segue, okay. because talking about Nate's dad, that has also extended into this episode seven. And the episode, it like they reach a point where Nate and his dad are like getting into it with each other because Nate's like done with his dad doing cocaine and shit. And he's like outside of this hotel yep. and he's like getting shitty with his dad. Like, dad, what the fuck? fuck is going on and then out of nowhere his dad just like punches him in the fucking face well and it's also because number one is like when they're at the family dinner between uh the captain and his wife Anne. and yeah he's all over the place he's like oh my god oh my god try on this ring oh my god oh my god i'm on coke i'm on coke i'm on coke like it's very clear that he's He's snoring the coke. He's on coke. Yeah. And so my favorite, though, is is that, like, after the whole thing it happens and the captain punches Nate, is that Nate then kind of gives, like, a little, you know, nudge to the... Uh, the doorman. Yeah. he He's giving, like, some type of information to the doorman, like, either, he, like, money He covers up for him. He, he, yeah. he bribes him with, like, hey, nothing happened here. Yeah, but, like, you can tell that, like, the doorman was absolutely the person that called the cops that totally, like, yeah, had everything staged. Like, it was very much staged. And, like, Nate was more focused on that than he was on Blair, which is kind that of where is that a good shit point. happens. That's a good point, because Nate is so caught up in all this shit with his dad that he he hadn't been giving Blair any attention. And then it was like, boom. At the end of this episode, not only did Nate get punched out by his own fucking dad, who he just ratted out to the cops that he got caught with cocaine, him and Blair, break up city. Yeah, and I mean, in parallel to that, you also see Dan and Serena, you know, while Blair and Nate are starting to dwindle down and you see them breaking up, you also see um, Dan watching porn. And looking yeah. at sensual massaging during this episode, Dan, I, I don't know what it is, but like, honestly, is I'm, he that immature that he has to look that up? Like, I'm pretty sure we've all seen porn. We know how it goes. We know how it ends. Dirk Little, Sex Little, I'm not explosion, even. But I'm not you know. even gonna fucking get into that porn thing with Dan because that was the dumbest fucking thing I've honestly I've ever seen. Uh, it's like when I was watching that, I was just like, this is this is so fucking dumb. 
Yeah. I didn't care about it. What I what was interesting to me though is right after all that shit with Nate and his dad and then Blair breaking up with him, where did Blair go? Ooh, to my favorite Chuck's Burlesque Club. Oh my god. So fucking Nate and Blair have been dating this whole time. The night that they break up, Blair goes to fucking Chuck. And I've got moves, you know. Oh my god. That's she, why this episode was tease. so fucking wild is she goes to Chuck's newly invested in burlesque bar that he's a partial owner of and he's mostly the owner of. And then she gets up on stage cuz she's a cock tease. Cuz she's a cock tease. And then full on like half strips for Chuck at his burlesque bar. Yeah, and oh I, I will say my favorite was uh, HR Anna's comment during the viewing of this this episode. She had mentioned that, um, yeah, every girl wears a slip. Yeah, I don't know any girl that wears a slip. It's not the 1920s. Right. We're not wearing slips. I I honestly have not worn underwear in two weeks, as we've discussed earlier. So right. I, you're, you're full coronavirus, no underwear being well, worn. Well, let, let's be real. I've worn leggings. Right. So. That counts. That counts. Or. That's form fitting. Well, I will say workout leggings. Right. That counts as underwear. Yep. In in coronavirus 2020. It's underwear and pants. (laughs) It's so classy. But at the same time, are you fucking kidding me? (sighs) Should we play a song to end this episode? Yeah. Let's start playing a song because. What happens is this song starts playing and we're sitting there. You know, you can attest to this when you first saw it. We're sitting there and we're going, oh, my God. Chuck and Blair are now post burlesque show. They're sitting in a fucking limo getting driven home. And we're sitting there. This song's playing. And we're like, wait a second. Oh, my God. Is it fucking on right now? Oh, it was so fucking on. That's how, that I think is why this might be my favorite episode. Is this is just the tip of Chuck and Blair? Oh my god, it is on fucking right now, and it is just the tip because I know after seeing a couple seasons that like the Chuck Blair dynamic is off the chain. Oh, a lot of I shit mean, goes on is, with them. Honestly, I was surprised that in real life those characters did not get together. I know. Because there's so much sexual tension between them on the show. I want to fuck if I was them. And they just full on have sex in that limo while that music is fucking playing. They full on have sex. <laughs> it's just the best. Though. It's the best because I love that song. The song was such a slow build. It was like, and then all of a sudden it was like fucking kicked in, kicked in. And then it was just like, oh my God, Blair's about to fuck Chuck. Wait, Blair's about to fuck Chuck? She did. Yeah, she did. She actually did. <laughs> she did fuck it. Well, we don't see it. Let's but be we very know, clear. But this it happened. They did, but they confirmed later in later episodes they did fuck. So, what an episode. Oops. What a two episodes. We had to cover it because... So much content to cover between the cocaine it's and so much. Chuck and Blair. So, and with all that said, with absolutely. all that content, Mm-hmm. 
You got to give one MVP. Are you giving the MCITW then? No, no, no. I already gave it. Nate's dad. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You got to give one MVP and you got two episodes to do it. (laughs) One podcast, one moment. This feels like Eminem 8 Mile, so. Are you going to capture it? I'm not going to let it slip. Don't. Don't let it slip. So, I'm honestly torn. And, and honestly, it's between two very key characters in these two episodes. Okay. Chuck. Obviously, it's got to be one, right? Absolutely. And you called it. And what do you think the other one is? Vanessa. Nope. No. As much as you're digging in your Blair? pants and trying is to grab Blair? it. <laughs> Blair? Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah, because she's such a strong badass in this, if you think about it. Like, no, she handled, you lay out your case. Yeah, this is your MVP. She handled the breakup with Nate like a fucking champ. Like, she was just like, even though we've yeah. dated pretty much since kindergarten, yeah. you deal with your shit because you got so much going Fuck on. Fuck you. I'm going to deal with me. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that actually might make her my MVP. Oh, really? Over Chuck? I no, I, I love I'd, the fuck I don't out of care. Chuck. Chuck's going to get plenty of MVPs. He'll get them. Yeah, he'll get them. He, he's I'll hearing about the MCRDW. He's already going to get the M, uh, the VP of the week. Ben Jay but, is coming on next week, and I, he's obsessed with Chuck Bass. I guarantee he gives an MVP to Chuck Bass next yeah. week. So that's fine. Give it to Blair because I agree with you. She took that breakup with Nate and just said, hey, dude, fuck you, guy. I don't give a fuck. I am going to go fuck another Dude, don't care. Well, and she just like she knows she's hot. She knows she's sexy. She knows her worth. And you want to know what? Like, obviously, we talked about this. Like, I'm not always a super feminist of the whole thing, but like for her, like she owns the fucking. I don't shit. look at it like feminist or do. I, I don't look at it that way. You know, I don't look at genders Absolutely. like that at all. You and I. What both. I but what what I will say is she just took it and said. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Girl or guy doesn't matter. I've been shit on. So fuck that. I am going to now take shit in my own control and fuck right back. Exactly. And that's where I think. And I love that. That she she deserves the MVP. Okay. I mean, I'm cool with it. I, I figured you would be because I feel like there was enough of an argument behind it. And beyond that, I feel like even the stuff that wasn't discussed some of the stuff what we've already talked about brian blair being the best kind of the best like i love blair i love blair so i like her getting this mvp a lot this is who i am fuck it ooh, ooh. Yeah. i just did the jerk off move in case that yeah she did the jerk off move i love seeing that i love seeing you do that jerk off it's move. what i used to do at work which brian misses more than anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so I think that does it. I think we've covered. That's it. That's it. That's I think all we I got. Have. I feel. I feel good about. I feel good about this how content. much we covered on those two episodes because yeah. there was those two episodes. There was a shit ton to get in, and I feel like we like nailed every single one of the key plot points. I love that, and I love you coming on this podcast, Lauren S. Great MVP. I'm hundred percent down with Blair. I'm 100% down with it too. I'm 100% in on that. I like that she got the MVP. And I like that right now we're going to tell those kids. 
It's time for them to tuck on in. Those kids need to sleep tight. They have a really good night's sleep. And Lauren, what are we going to tell those kids to do tonight? We're going to tell them to have full hearts. No, clear eyes first. Oh, shit. Fuck me. Yeah. Uh, Tell them first to have the clear eyes. Kids, I want you to have clear eyes. Then the full hearts. Then I want you to have full hearts. And then I want you to do less. Do way less, kids. So much less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.